Well, hello, everyone. Hi. Hi. Welcome to Kick-Ass Conversations with Louise and Kim. Uh, I am Kim. That is my lovely co-host, Louise. <laughs> and we are joined by the lovely Jacinth Cotto today. Uh, we will meet Jacinth in just a minute. But before we dive into kind of the big topic for this week's conversation, what is everybody celebrating this week? What are we excited about and grateful for? Um, I would say that my celebrations this week is really around uh, growth for me. So those places where I feel like I've grown the most uh, this week is uh, feel so much. I feel a little more determined um, this week than I have in the past. So really kind of pushing forward towards some of my goals. And I would have to say that um, I'm really celebrating my community that's helped me do that. So I've been able to find a group of folks who are all, you know, we all struggle with some of the same things, but finding um, finding those trusted advisors and finding that support group that really has helped me kind of push through and through my perfectionism a lot this week because done is better than perfect. And um, I had some big check marks that I'm really excited about. Um, so that's what I'm celebrating um, is just kind of leaning into that. And it's crunchy for me a little bit sometimes. Um, and I'm really, I'm proud of myself that I was able to do that. Good for you. Love that. Jacinth, what are you celebrating this week? Ooh, so much. Um, I'm celebrating that a new workshop that I have coming up at the end of the month has resonated. And we have, I don't even know how many people, the last count was 27. And now there's probably been at least 10 more since then. So 37-ish people signed up um, for that workshop. And it's just so fun because this, the financial education side of my business is still in market research testing mode, right? Um, translating what I do into these more educational offerings. And so it's really fun to see signal, which is my, my intention for the year. My word of the year is mm. signal um, when I'm putting these things out. So that is my win this week. Oh, I love that. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And what a great word. That's, that's a great word. Um, marketing strategist to thank for that. <laughs> <laughs> marketing geniuses. Way to go. Um, I am celebrating being back. So I was not here last week and I have, uh, I only started taking clients again yesterday uh, because I, th whatever this demon virus is that is continuing to attack me clearly, um, really took me down. And so I am celebrating being upright and having enough energy and, an and enough of a voice to be here and uh, be present with the two of you on screen and then all of our lovely listeners that are here live and that will um, check out the replay as well. Um, as an invitation, as always, drop in the comments what you're celebrating this week. We'd love to know and celebrate along with you uh, and let us know where you're listening in from as well because um, that's always fun to see where in the world people are. So yeah, Louise, I'm going to jump it over to you. Uh, yeah. So uh I would love to introduce our guest today. Um, so uh, Jacinth, um, really passionate about, you've already kind of led into this, but uh, really passionate about spreading business financial liter 
literacy for creative business owners, an area of business that is like a black hole um, for many, for sure. Um, and she's found that uh, hearing about that journey um, and really making it more accessible uh, for those business owners so that they can start shedding the shame and self-judgment that they have for not knowing how to manage that side of, of the business. That's a, that's a big thing. Um, welcome here. Um, you get to yeah, fantastic. And, and, and tell me a little bit about um, kind of about like how you came to, to be spreading this word, to be um, helping and supporting business owners um, through this financial literacy. Um, I'm fascinated by career paths. So tell us a little bit about how you got here um, and, and, and what kind of impact that you're making. Sure. And I love you had sent me some prep and it was like, is it a corkscrew, a ladder or a confused octopus? And I'm like, for sure, a confused octopus. <laughs> um, yeah. So I currently, yeah, help um, creative service-based business owners understand and shed light onto the black hole of their financial side of their business as a contract CFO um, in one-to-one -one capacity. So that's chief financial officer. Um but like I said, have been working to build a bunch of um, business financial literacy workshops, resources, and more accessibly priced offerings for new business owners. But my background is actually interior design. I have a Bachelor of Interior Design. Um, I was always more on the project logistics side of things. So I worked in corporate commercial design. Um, and so I, you know, did project management and budgets and like more logistics based stuff. And in 2008, only a mere two years into my very, very young career, got laid off in the last recession and um, took a left turn into entrepreneurship. Somehow I found out about a small business program that was being run in Toronto, Ontario at the time where I was living. And I took 10 weeks of business classes, wrote a very traditional business plan, pressed save, and it was obsolete. And <laughs> the idea was this prepared meal delivery service because I loved cooking. So I was like, I'm going to do something with it. Um, and yeah, I tried that for a few months. But, you know, uh, that basically started the, the journey of my entrepreneurship path. And after that, I was able, you know, I moved back home to Calgary, Alberta, where I'm from. Um, and worked at a yoga studio and worked directly with a business owner and saw like, okay, you want to try something out? Like, let's just put up a poster in the change room and see if anyone wants to come to this workshop, right? So it's like to do business, you just have to start somewhere and do something, right? Um, but yeah, over the years, done all sorts of things. I've worked with, I've had many of my own ideas that I was doing, um, working part-time jobs to pay the bills or not pay the bills, um, working at several startups so seeing startup life and working from that capacity but it wasn't until um the last startup i was working at was this leadership development company that was teaching design thinking tools to c-suite individuals to go back and innovate within their businesses that i built this six-figure program budget and i was like who's paying for this and sure enough several months later i got laid off because you know obviously things were not going great um, and I had met my now co-founders of a management accounting company. We, uh, uh, just by happenstance, right place, right time, I became a co-founder of that and learned alongside all my CFO and accountant counterparts, how you're actually supposed to manage your business finances, how you build a business model, 
um, how you track profitability and cash flow. Um, and I started working with clients and yeah, it's just been over the past five years of building that company and then, you know, stepping, stepping out about a year and a half ago to start this education side that I, I started working with these small business owners, these service providers who are getting stuck in this gap between their tax accountant, their bookkeeper, but thinking that those people should be helping them learn, like leverage their numbers to grow and scale when that's not really their role. So anyway, all that's aside, but alongside that whole career growth journey was sure it looks fun and exciting on the surface, but as soon as I graduated from university and moved to Toronto and went into design, I dug myself deep into credit card debt. I started my first business deep in credit card debt. I didn't know any personal financial literacy. Like I didn't really get taught that growing up as many people you know, have that as their, their situation. Um, and so it was just this cycle of like being so deep in debt, paying tons of interest. The first several years of you know trying out business ideas, I had twice two times in the course of six months where I couldn't pay my rent the next day and had to call my mom and like literally the night before get her to send me money which thankfully I had that as an option. Many people do not. And so, you know, and I was able to pay off the debt, never through the business that I was building. It was always through some random windfall or, you know, later on when I got introduced to a personal budgeting app by a really good friend of mine, I then started to actually learn how to pay off or like budget better. And then that just built to then lead to, you know, building this management accounting company and seeing the same type of money principles that I learned for personal finance in business finance, but also, you know, times a thousand for the business side of things. So it was, you know, it's been a fraught money journey for myself. And I think that's, you know, that's my special sauce when I'm talking with people and what I bring to the education side is like, I've been through it. <laughs> I've made a lot of the same mistakes. And so there's no shame, no judgment. We're all where we are. And um, I can really relate to that stress. And like we were saying in the intro, the shame that can come from, especially women business owners who feel like, oh my gosh, I should know what's going on, you know, da, da, da. And I'm like, but nobody's ever taught you this. As I said to someone else the other day, I was like, if you want to learn Spanish, you have to go learn it. You don't just expect to be able to speak Spanish, right? Like accounting <laughs> finance is a whole other language, right? Yeah. So anyway, that's the kind of up and down journey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's so interesting, you know, as you're telling your story is like, we have this idea in our heads about like what our careers are supposed to look like or should yeah. look like, right? We yeah. go to school, we're right. We're supposed to land work after that and, and, and move through that. And then, you know, as, as you're talking, there's like this whole other machine going on, right? That can prevent us from stepping fully into ourselves because that financial piece, like it's called currency for a reason, right? There is an energy around that and that can pull you. Um, and I love that you use the word black hole because it really is, right? Yeah. It's not just an unknown, but it actually has this magnetic pull to it sometimes that can really start to prevent us. If it doesn't pull us off course, we like we can start making decisions based on that. We start making career choices, life choices, all based on this whole other machine that's going on. And when we can get control of that, when we can really understand what that is, it really does start to clear up the noise, 
right? And, you know, you're, you're in that space of helping um, entrepreneurs and small businesses, but it happens everywhere. It happens to all of us if we're not paying attention. And like you said, like often that financial literacy is just not taught, like math is taught, right? And, and so that's like the substitute for this whole big literacy thing, like because you can add two plus two, uh, yeah. apparently we can balance a checkbook and we know exactly how to, right? Yeah. Make all of our, our financial dreams come true because we can add. Yeah. I remember like in, in grade 10, I think it was where, you know, I again went to high school and well, all of school in Alberta and Calgary. And I remember we had a calm career in life management. I think it was grade 10, but it was just like four months. It wasn't like it was all three years to prep us to go out and go off to university and manage our own budgets. Like it was up to our parents. I don't even remember if there was any like supplementary programming like these days i'm from hearing from parents that there are some programs coming in but yeah i'm just like how do we go through schooling and then expect as we become earning individuals to know how to do our taxes to if we go into entrepreneurship yeah like learn how to manage the business budget so yeah anyway we, we can talk all, all, <laughs> all through that well it's funny because in the states where i where i lived was the um we had home economics mm -hmm. yeah. and home economics was about cooking mm -hmm. and sewing mm -hmm. and how do you manage a house mm -hmm. or a home? How do you care for it? We had one block that was maybe two weeks long that was around budgeting and finances. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was like, well, all of the rest of the stuff is great and fun. Like I, yeah, bring on the cooking. That's great. Yeah. But Let's actually learn about the economy of a household, mm -hmm. yeah. let alone an economy of a business. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, it's, it is fascinating. And, uh, and I know a lot of people can relate to that both personally and professionally um, because it, it is, we're not given the tools that we need mm -hmm. to be successful. And yet we think we here, I'm going to use the word we should know how to do this. We should have figured like this, this adulting thing. Why is this so hard? We should have this figured out. Oh, totally. Well, right? and for me, like, honestly, it wasn't until, so one of my, like I said, one of my really good friends introduced me to this personal budgeting app when I started working the like second last full-time salary job I've ever had. <laughs> like we, we, to this day, and this was whatever, 2016 ish, 2015, we, know each other's financial situations and history like inside and out practically so i feel so lucky that i had a friend like that who was like also interested in money she was learning about it and that there was no taboo around talking about it nothing and as i've learned about these things and you know dug myself out to debt and built businesses and learned all these things it's like i now feel I like to talk about it and my experiences in this open way to make it less taboo to talk about money because they're like, we were talking about, like, I don't know when it starts happening that it's like, we shouldn't talk about these things or, you know, the keeping up with the Joneses or whatever. But it's like, if we, it's just like anything, if we don't talk about it, we can't learn about it and we can't help ourselves get out of these situations or not get into them in the first place. Right. 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 Well, and, and it, it's interesting because I think of it and I'm thinking of it in context of our 
topic today, which is this crafting of the experiment, because I think mm-hmm. this goes directly to that, yeah. is the experiment here is is money. We're talking about right our personal and, and professional financial well-being. How do we experiment with it on our own in isolation? Mm-hmm. Well, it gets really, really hard. So being able to have open dialogues, open discussions that are like really, really real, not like I'm having a hard time with money, mm-hmm. but being, you know, getting down into what are your numbers? Mm-hmm. What, what is it that's challenging about it? Mm-hmm. Getting rid of some of that mind junk that's so important. So getting together with others, having the open conversations, and then understanding that it's not going to be the same for everybody. So exactly what works for you isn't going to necessarily work for me, but being open and in an, in an opportunity where I can explore and experiment and talk to others about it, it allows me to figure out what's going to work for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think too, even before getting to that, it's about mindset, right? Mm -hmm. So I took this course, this incredible woman, she's out of Vancouver, BC, but she, you know, her program is available globally. It's called the trauma of money. Mm. I don't know if you've heard of it, Mm -hmm. but I took it and it's this 14 week online course. It's all live and there's tons of discussion. I think there were probably like a hundred people who had signed up for it. And it was mind boggling for me because, you know, I am a white woman born in Canada, born in a middle-class family. And so I have inherent privilege in that. And so like, as much as we say, yes, go talk to somebody there, there is, everyone has some sort of trauma, whether it's due to family, intersectionality, um, race, gender, you know, background where, where they're raised, et cetera. Right. And so it's not just about great. Okay. Find someone that you can talk to. Who do you feel safe talking to about it? Because their trauma might be very different than my trauma around money, right? Like, again, I had a lot of privilege, but I still had some trauma, but nothing compared to a black woman in, you know, Alabama, potentially, right? So I think one of the first steps into being able to be open to it is, is understanding the patterns and kind of the, the history and what was taught to you in your personal situation, and then finding that community or people who can relate and aren't just going to be like, oh, well, you should just do this and not recognizing that there can be a lot of the shame and embarrassment and trauma around even getting like where people have gotten to with their personal money situations in the first place. Yeah. Um, money trauma work is is huge. Yeah. When you can start on healing your relationship with money, um, I think is, I know for me was totally what, I mean, and I'm not saying I have a perfect relationship with money right now. It's still a work in progress. Oh, same. same. And <laughs> a lot of that trauma has been healed. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think, again, going kind of to this idea of crafting the experiment, how, if we just use this as the litmus test, like how do we start to craft an experiment? How do we start to step into that? You know, you talked about just kind of do the thing, right? As an entrepreneur, you just do the thing. Mm-hmm. How do we start to do that for ourselves when we don't know which way to go? Mm -hmm. Well, I would say, like I said, the first, the first thing that helped me was this budgeting app. You need a budget. It's literally called, you need a budget. YNAB for short. And for me, 
Um, and even before that, I would say like, if that, how do, do how do you start? Think about the people in your life and pick someone and maybe initiate a conversation about, is this something that you feel comfortable talking about with that person to find that kind of accountability buddy? Cause it's always easier to do. The, it's just like exercise, right? It's so much easier to do with somebody else. <laughs> so I would say that and then find, yeah, some sort of education. So YNAB was awesome for me from a personal lens because they have tons of free videos. They're, you know, their onboarding process is incredible. Like they're, they've designed it to be sure they sell an app, but what they're really doing is, training and financial literacy to then be successful using their app. And there are many apps out there, but that's just the one that I have experience with. So for me, from a personal side, that's kind of the starting point. And as part of that, it's you sit down and you just take stock of like, what do I have in my bank accounts? If I have debts, what are the debts? How much are those debts? And I know that, you know, lots of, um, debt management sites and stuff will have this kind of thing, which again, on paper is so much easier than actually sitting down and doing it. So to me, that's where the experiments start is like, who can I do this with? Who will be my champion? Who will be a sounding board, a safe sounding board, and maybe be doing this alongside me. And it may, you know, maybe easier said than done. But to me, that's the starting point. From a business perspective, it's a bit hard because again, most people are like, I have an accountant, but they're not doing anything for me. I don't understand what's going on. And so I would say one of the things is like to come to some of my workshops and you know, <laughs> like, cause this is what I'm doing is like helping people step in and start to see the global picture of their business finances so that they can participate in them and not be scared of them. Cause I think that's one of the hardest things when you're, you know, looking at, well, I just treat business and life as an experiment anyway, speaking of experiments, right? Like business itself is about having something that maybe you want to sell, seeing if anybody wants to buy it. If they don't, shifting your language around it a bit, seeing if they'll buy it then, right? Like that's what really marketing is. And then the sales part of it is, you know, testing to see if anybody will, will purchase it. So it's always an experiment until you get to this point where you have something that people will reliably want to buy and thus then brings cash to your door and that then you can start building a business out of. So, but the starting point to me and from talking with so many people with the business financial side of things is like, most people don't know what they don't know. I've literally had people say this. I don't know what I don't know, but what they do know is that they have to file their taxes so to me, that is the starting point of the experiment is, okay, what can we find that will help us file our taxes, be in compliance with the government, but in a relatable way, instead of just your tax accountant saying, here's all the things that you need to give me, but not knowing how to do that, right? Yeah, like you, you kind of, you find the door, right? And so personally, uh, professionally in your business, I think when of, of crafting an experiment is first of all, like, let's, what's the crunchy bit? Like, what's the, what's the problem you're trying to solve or where would you like to get to? And then like, let's design something that's really low risk. Like we don't have to go like balls to the wall, like all the time. And so, right. Like as you were talking just about like the app, like low risk, like 
what is that what is that going to cost you to actually get you more data mm-hmm. around what's really happening in in, per, in your through your bank account uh, or in your business but it's really about like just finding that that door so that you can start to get more information and more data about what's really happening because i think that's really like the 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 genius of an experiment is like you go in with with a hypothesis it could be true or not true like who knows every i think everything's a grade 10 experiment a science experiment right like you have this hypothesis you think you know what's going to happen but let's go through the process of proving or disproving it like one thing is it's it's going to end the experiment's going to end you're going to have more information than you had before nothing is ever a failure you you either prove or disprove and then you figure out what's your next experiment and as you grow, I think your experiments get a little bit more deeper, a little bit maybe more complex. You have a little bit more of an understanding because you've collected like some really good, clean data. It's not about what somebody said. It's not about your, your money story or, or your story of what you bring into the experiment. You actually are getting like a, a first perspective um, on the data that you can then use to move yourself forward and move yourself through. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what I heard you talking about was like, there are these places that we all have in all kinds of spaces in our lives that we can start to look at as like, what's the, what's the low, what am I, what am I trying to get to? And then what's the low risk place that I can actually design an experiment with? Because when I get a tiny, teeny piece of data, I get so much from that. I get confidence, right? I start to build self-trust. I start to like see the world differently. I start to change my mind maybe about what we're seeing or doing. Like it is so, I tell you, right, Kim, how many times do I have to say it? It's all about the data. And well, it's not this much data. Sometimes it's this, this much one. data. Well, and Louise and I, you, we had that conversation earlier this week where, again, you know, I have, um, I have a sickness brain, right? So when, when you've been sick for a little while and you get stuck, it's hard to push through. It's hard to kind of see the light, right? Even though you know there's exciting things coming, it's like, but you don't feel it in the moment. You feel really depleted. And so I had brought something to Louise that I was like, I know, I know my way through this, but I just don't. And she was like, where's the data? I'm like, I don't know that I have any. And she's like, really? And lo and behold, I had tons of data. Mm -hmm. And so that is what it's like, oh yeah. Okay. No, everything is good. I have the data. I'm headed in the right direction. But it's, it's that experiment where we can be in process we can know we're moving towards something and something will derail us. Sickness, financial, um, it, you know, nobody showing up, right? Whatever the thing is. <laughs> yeah. And then it's how do we get, how do we adjust? Because mm-hmm. in experiments, it's not just you do things linear, like you don't do the thing once and then you're done. Yeah. You do the thing, you tweak, you do the thing, you tweak, you do the thing, you tweak. Right? Yeah, exactly. I wrote down two things as you were both speaking. So I'm, you may have heard, and the listeners may have, may have, might've heard of the concept of beginner's mindset. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like 
when I'm starting to feel like, oh my God, something's not working. I try, well, one, I've been meditating every day for, I don't know, 340 days at this point, something like that, which has helped a ton, right? Because in my early days of entrepreneurship, my energy was just chaos because I didn't have anything grounding me. And I try to like go back to, okay, beginner's mindset. If I was doing this for the first time, what are the questions I'd be asking? What, um, how would I be viewing the world, right? And one of the other terms I love in kind of this experiment kind of lens is beta mode. And so this is a, I think it comes probably from tech businesses, but the leadership development company I was working with, like that was kind of our unofficial mode. What a, a motto was like, everything's in beta mode. And it's something that I, to this day, I actually wrote a blog post on it like a year ago that it's like, as I mean, this can apply to life and to business, but I speak about it from the business lens. Like anything we're doing is beta mode, which means it's not the final project. Like you were saying in the beginning, Louise, I think, right? Like done is better than perfect. (laughs) That's what we have to do in business with regardless is like, we won't know if it's going to work or bring in money unless we test it. And we, like I was just saying, see if people actually want what we're selling or even better do some market research or have conversations and find the gaps that people have related to whatever we want to do in our business and then start filling that gap in a way, start putting together an offering that will maybe fill that gap and then test. Right. So it's this constant back and forth of like, listening, iterating, listening, iterating, listening, iterating, and back to my word of the year signal. (laughs) Like that's the data, right? That's, that's exactly the process I've been in this, you know, experiment over the last couple of years, building the education side of things. And the first year, last year, I was like, I want to do this. I'm going to put this out there. This is what people need, even though I've been through these business learning cycles for the past 15 years, right? I know a business model canvas, like there's all sorts of, there's all sorts of tools, right. And structures out there from different, you know, authors and entrepreneurs and advisors. So I know these things, but when you're in it yourself, you forget, you forget. (laughs) So I did that the last year and then had the experiment go wrong because I didn't, I forgot I was an experiment (laughs) for a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think too, one of the, you know, as you're talking to synth about like, right, like, yeah, we're in beta mode. And yeah, we're right, like, we're not so now we're not only um, improving, you know, what we put out, right, like, we get more data back, we make tweaks and improvements, but now there's other experiments that we want to take on and try the same thing. And we can start to get pulled apart a little bit by all of the, the, I don't know if it's hustle. That's kind of the word that, that right? Like we, we got this going on and now we got this going on over here. And now I have, I'm running this experiment here and I'm doing this like and I'm doing that. Shiny, shiny ob- object syndrome. Yeah. Okay, it can, right? Yeah. It can get like, it can get, it can get a lot because we're feeling like now we do have to make tweaks and we do have to make these adjustments. And then we do have to listen to, right? Um, what's going on in our environment, either our leadership or corporate environment or our business environment, what's our audience saying, what's our client mm-hmm. saying, what are our customers saying, and all of this kind of stuff. And so it's like, oh, well, I need to make tweaks here and keep doing this and keep touching and keep touching and keep touching and keep touching that. Um, and to, to know that there is there is a, a place and a space to like, let's just like take a breath 
And then let's refocus on what's important. Let's get back to what's our overall goal or objective or like, where's our path? Because I think sometimes the experiment itself can get kind of like, like that's the drug a little bit. And so making sure that um, we are pausing to reflect, to say like, what are those lessons learned? And even though we could be touching something eight more times to make it perfect, like, hello, thanks, Apple, like how many updates do we need for an iOS, right? But let's just like pause for a moment and say like, what are really the things that I want to be changing or doing? And is it okay if I just leave that there and go on to something else? Yeah. There's something incredible in the, the liminal space, the quiet space, you know, and this again, like, I, I feel like every entrepreneur talks about meditation, you know, any successful entrepreneur who's, who's being interviewed about something. And like I was, like I was saying, like, I remember in my early days of my first businesses, and I see this a lot in new business owners that I mentor or that I, you know, see in networking groups where it is a bit like, oh my God, I'm in this exciting space and I got to try everything and I got to listen to everybody and I've got to read every book. And it leaves that like entrepreneur education overwhelm. And I had that too, where it's just like, I was reading everything and I was on a networking call a couple months ago and someone was like, let's start a book club we can read business books. And I was like, no, thank you. (laughs) Like I'm still learning all the time. But I recognize that my way of learning now is much different than it was in my early days. And I am, I am all about now just in time learning instead Mm -hmm. of trying to take all this stuff in that I might need at some point. I'm, I'm much more comfortable in going, I'm going to, get where I get. And when there's an unknown, I'll either be able to hire somebody who's going to help me because that's the stage my business is at now, or I'm going to go do the research when it's like, Ooh, this problem came up. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm going to go. So I don't overwhelm my brain. And so I see that same kind of chaotic energy in early entrepreneurs. And part of me is like, okay, well you, it's just like, I feel like it's just like parenting. I can't speak from experience because I don't have kids. But I feel like there's a little bit of like, you have to let people go make the mistakes themselves to learn. And then in time, they'll come back and be like, oh, that mentor, that advisor, or that person I was working with, you know, was, had the right idea that I need to focus on X, Y, Z versus going out and doing all those things, right? Because as much as I want to help the new entrepreneurs I work with be focused, sometimes I just, you know, like okay go try it and then come back and let me know how it went and you know what what you learned from it right instead of trying to be like maybe you should just focus on the one thing and see where that goes right (laughs) well sometimes drinking from the fire hose is the best thing yeah to start the experiment Mm -hmm. because right sometimes it's that energy um that we need and sometimes it's the opposite energy that we need. It just depends who we are and where what cycle we're in. Yeah. Um, but I think that's that's part of like how do you enter it? And you know, you talked about mindset, having them having a beginner's mindset, being in that place of understanding that we're always in a beginner's mindset because we're always beginning something, mm-hmm. right? There are those times when we do we when we are in the in-between, when we are in those liminal sp- spaces that there is quietude. And even in those, 
there's an opportunity for beginner's mindset. Yeah. Right. So being in that mindset that we're always starting something new, there's always something happening. We're always an experiment, I think helps when we, it, it helps that chaotic feeling, even if we choose to drink from the fire hose. Mm-hmm. Right. Because yeah. sometimes it's like, I, I can't get enough of this. Just give it all to me yeah. right now. And I will absorb this much of it, but that's okay. Yeah. Because I've I've had those times where it's like I want to get all the information right now, and I know I'm not going to absorb it all, but to steep myself in it feels really good, and then I will take that time to process it, yeah, and then move forward. I feel like the key difference is what do they call it? You know, I learned in this management training course once when you have a new employee starting right, and there's like the knowingly unknowing, mm-hmm. the unknowingly unknown. Yep. knowingly unknown, whatever those, there's like four stages of like, of awareness in terms of when you're learning something new. Yep. And I think what you were saying, like what, what I pick up from that Kim is like, yeah, you get to, when you're, when we're first starting or stepping into things, it can be the, just like, we don't know what we don't know. And, but if we have um, come to a certain point in life where we understand that we always need to have something to ground us. I, for me, at least now in my experience, it helps get through moments of chaos or periods of chaos, like the pandemic where, or a new business or a pivot of any kind where it's like, okay, fine. I recognize I'm in chaos, but I also still need those things that are going to ground me and allow me to not burn out from the chaos and just like, let it rule my life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it's so interesting that, you know, here we are, the things that we're talking about today, right. These are like universal and, and folks like, like there's a million ways to build a business, right. There's a million ways to be a leader. There's a million ways to pivot. There's a million ways to find work that fits. Like there's all of these great things And if we get stuck in a place where I'm going to do exactly what, right, that person does, that only worked for that person. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's kind of the beauty in the experiment a little bit, too, is to say, well, I'm going to try on that sweater right now. I'm going to see how it fits. And because I'm in in this experimental place, I'm going to know that if it doesn't fit me, I can put it back on the hanger Mm -hmm. um, because because that's the place. I don't have to wear it always. Right. I get I get to put it back. And so it's a really it's a really it can be a really interesting place to play Mm -hmm. when you come at it from from that angle. Like there's not a like you don't have to put so much pressure on yourself to, to conform to one way or one thing, because if there was one way to build a business, there'd be one freaking business book out there. Um, It'd only be one business, right? Which is clearly not the case, right? I see the same thing about leadership, right? If there was one way to be a leader, we'd all have the same kind of leader. There'd be one leadership book, right? And what a boring place that would be. Um, and so finding your own way is about trying things on. That's an experiment too. Um, and being okay with the fact that, you know what, that sweater looked great on the hanger. 
doesn't fit this body type, right? We're going to put it back and we're going to try something else. And that's okay. Um, But to really lean into that, um, again, even the experiment sometimes is an experiment um, and and what you're going to be doing with it. So um, I just want to, oh, go ahead. You take your hand up. Speaking back to what you were saying about, you know, what is designing the experiment so you can have low risk in as trying it out, right? As you were saying that, Louise, I was thinking about like for the for the business owner side, and this can be for the you know people who are working within businesses as well. If there's a change you want to make, like for example, changing jobs or for the business owner, like trying a business idea from a financial lens, one of the least risky ways that I did not listen to this advice in my early days of having the job that pays the bills, right? If there's anything I could change, I wouldn't change anything because it's got me here. But if I could, it would be to have the other thing that is paying my bills until I see that signal with what I was doing with my business that was starting to bring in the money to pay the bills. Because that would have saved me so much stress around money and paying my bills and not being able to pay my rent and thousands of dollars of interest if I had just had that. And from like a, you know, employee standpoint, or, you know, another change you want to make in your life, it's like, what can you do that's low risk volunteer in the area you think you might want to go into, to try it on without, you know, saying sayonara to your see you later to your, to your, um, to your current job or whatever it is, right. So I was just that just came up as like, yeah, something that becomes low risk to make it's so that you can try on those things and mm-hmm. make decisions and then move forward, right? Instead of getting stuck and just researching it, but never experiencing it or going, you know, jumping off the cliff and just go, like I did and going straight into it and then not being able to pay your bills. <laughs> but then there's well, those of us that do the analysis paralysis and then just jump off the cliff anyway. So like I just say, right, that's one way to build a business is like, right, jump off the cliff, man. That That is <laughs> many people do that. Sink or swim, baby. Sink or swim. Um, But yeah, I call that your runway, right? When you can kind of craft your runway so that you can be able to experiment maybe a little bit deeper, a little bit more. Um, So yeah. So I was going to segue and do a shameless, shameless collective plug right here. So, you know, these kinds of conversations, these kinds of experiments and like what we talk about here on the podcast uh, is a lot like what we talk about in our collective. So joining uh, your Kick-Ass Career Collective, we would love to see you there. We are launching our um, cohort. So we only take in members into our collective four times a year. This is the first one in 2023. So we would love for everyone to come and uh, take part in some filming that Kim and I are doing around training on how to jumpstart your kick kick-ass career um, and and get into the collective and, and see what it's all about because it's these kinds of having these thought partners to like really help you, right? Just since you were talking about like when you can find that person, that wise counsel that is really there to partner with you, that's what this community is all about because we don't know what we don't know. Um, we can't see our blind spots. And so having a, a group of people who can um help you through that um, and and come out the other side um, way more grounded um, and have all kinds of data um, is, is really what we're all about. 
So that you kind of left out a key component there just to let people know that. So we are opening the cohort right now, which means that the training happens next week. So the cohort will only be opening for the next couple of weeks. So like there's a, there's a little push there. I was going to get there eventually. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> That's why you're here. That's why we co-host. I know. I'm excited. <laughs> So um, before we kind of wrap up our time together today, I would love to hear what your golden nuggets are. So what's that thing you're going to put in your pocket and take away from today? Uh, I'm going to start with Jacinth. What do you, what's your golden nugget? My golden nugget. I think it's what, I think it's, yeah, everything is an experiment, whether it's beta mode, whether it's, you know, bringing a beginner's mindset um, that we all have different ways of approaching these experiments, but when we can have that lens, um, we can just come at it from a grounded place and have a lot less emotional suffering around it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, you said just in th something around like this just in time training or just in time learning. And I really loved that because I was like, well, like sometimes we can do like just in time experimenting. Right. And like find those things that are going to like move that needle just a tiny bit. Um, but we don't have to sit and 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 put there are some experiments that don't need a lot of planning that don't need like they're just like in the moment what can i learn or do or try um here in this moment and it doesn't have to be big it doesn't have to be long it doesn't have to be a huge time suck it can be these small things that but when we're paying attention to what's going on we find these opportunities to uh, launch a small experiment that's low risk it's going to give us great return on investment um, around the data that we need. So thank you for that, because that just was a reminder, again, of like, doesn't need, not everything needs a huge plan um, to make a big difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for me, it was, um, you know, anytime you want to talk about um, clothes, I'm I'm all for that. So um, it, it was a reminder that it's not just about, does this outfit fit me today? Does the, it's, does the sweater go with these jeans, right? It's like, do I really want this outfit right now or what can I do to adjust it? Do I just need a different necklace with it and I'll like it? Or do, is the whole thing wrong? Like generally it's not the whole thing. So where are those small areas? And so thinking about it, um, and I know that I have thought about it in this way before, but it was a really nice reminder of like, yeah, it's just go into that lovely closet and figure out what you're going to do. It's okay. It's just an experiment. There's always something else to wear. Yeah. <laughs> Can always change your mind. Can always change your Absolutely. mind. Absolutely. Um, Thank you so much for coming on our show today and uh, talking about uh, not just crafting the experiment, but really kind of like sharing your knowledge around financial literacy. And um, please tell our listeners where they can find more of you um, and where, yeah, where are you at and what do you have coming up? Yeah, well, they can find me um, at my website, Kodo Co. I think I have it in my name. Um, also on Instagram for, you know, daily approachable financial wisdom nuggets for your business, um, which is just at Jacinth Cotto, my first and last name together. And next week, actually, we have two free workshops coming up. One is how to price fairly 
So it's for um, service providers who maybe have struggled with putting a proposal together or starting to feel like they need to raise their prices, but they're scared about doing that and don't know how. Um, so we're going to be going through that. So that's on Wednesday, the 22nd, um, free workshop. And then, um, I have the second last tax time bootcamp for sole proprietors and corporations of one. This is Canadian focused starting on Thursday. So it'll be the 23rd of February and March 1st. Um, so for sole proprietors, the payment deadline in Canada is the end of April. I think it's March 1st this year, cause maybe April 30th is on the weekend. But um, yeah, it's been supremely popular. Speaking of Signal, um, supremely popular came out of a market research conversation I was having. And we'll go through a process for sole proprietors to ditch the shoebox and get that ish done and off to their tax accountant in a less overwhelming way than it has been in the past. And for corporations of one, um, I show you kind of the, the structure that makes it really easy to get this stuff off to your tax accountant. And also talk about the differences because a lot of companies business owners are going from sole prop to a corporation imminently. And so there are some major differences. So also a free workshop. So that's all on my website. Great Love stuff. stuff. Yeah. Love Sarah. it. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. It has been a joy. Thank you everybody for tuning in and to listening for listening to us. Please finish it up, please. <laughs> Uh, next week, uh, Kim, can you put up our banner? Next week, we're going to be here talking with Aideen um, and all around cultivating courage. Um, it's going to be another great conversation. So please uh, tune in live or you can always catch us on the replay, uh, YouTube or LinkedIn for replays um, and podcasts wherever you listen um, for all of our past episodes um, and this one as well. So thank you again. Um, yeah, love it. Uh, I we could talk forever uh, yeah. about about experimenting and currency and money. And um, I just really again want to thank you so much for coming. Um, and it was great. It was a fantastic, uh, kick-ass conversation today. Thanks so much, everyone. Thanks. Bye for Bye now. For now.